Hi, it's really great to have you with us. I'm Rob Porter. My wife Heather and I have the amazing privilege of being the senior pastors at Kingdom Culture Church in Burpengary, Queensland. We have an incredible preaching team, and I hope that this message will encourage and bless you as you listen. Okay, hello. Who has their Bibles? Great, awesome. Open them up uh, and turn to Luke 19, verse 1. And we're going to dive in. I'm reading from the ESV tonight, but you can jump in wherever you want with your translation. So we're reading about a man called Zacchaeus and um, much probably to Pastor Fred's uh, disdain, my, the sermon title is Zacchaeus, so <laughs> that was where my creativity was at this week, and I am so sorry, so uh, <laughs> sermon, Zacchaeus. Okay, verse number one, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through, and a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus, there you go, that's the sermon title, and he was a chief, thanks, yeah. Uh, he was, yeah, Fred's this morning was so good and we lost the podcast so you can't listen to it and I'm so sorry, but it was called The Two Twelves and you don't, you won't get to know what that was about unless you were here. The Two Twelves, like a mysterious title, but mine's just called Zacchaeus, so anyone who's not here is going to be like, I know what that was about. Um, anyway, Zacchaeus is a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times that amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. When I was young, I used to love climbing trees. Did anybody else love climbing trees? Our house backed onto a football field and uh, like there was like the football section, but then there was kind of like the, the free field section, the, the not football bit, but there was like grass and there was a bunch of trees and, um, and there was a bunch of jacaranda trees. I love this time of year. Does anybody else just lose their minds over the purple trees? <laughs> It's so exciting. I wonder if we'd feel the same way if trees were always purple and then once a year we got a green tree or if purple is an elite colour. These, the, these are the questions I wonder and I don't know the answer to. Anyway, so love purple trees. Used to climb this little purple jacaranda tree with my friend Susanna and uh, Susanna was short like Zacchaeus and I was not and... I would climb the tree that she couldn't climb and I would be mean and just be mean to her from them and be like, one day you'll get to climb this tree. We were the same age and it was a real point of tension and I was a little bit of a meanie. And um, 
I used to really enjoy like pl- make, like pretending that each branch in the tree was like a be- like a room in the house. Like I was like, like I was like, this this tree is my house, and this branch is my kitchen, and this branch is my bedroom, and this branch is my living room. Did anybody else do this with trees? Yeah, it was kind of magical. Anyway, so that was um, that was me climbing trees, and I heard the story of Zacchaeus as a child in Sunday school. Did anybody else hear the story of Zacchaeus? Yeah, and. I don't know, I just, he sounded like a cute, short man that climbed a tree and met Jesus. And that was kind of the gist of it. But when you like understand some of the context of what this, what's happening in this story, which I'm going to give to you, um, you'll realise that it's not just a cute, short man climbing a tree. And so the context was Jericho, this city that Jesus is passing through, is like, was one of the wealthiest cities in the region. So... It was, it was known for like a, exporting a bunch of different things. It was called the Garden City of the Ancient World. Like it was a beautiful place. And he was the chief tax collector. So not just a tax collector. Uh, he was like the boss boss. So like to put it into our modern context, I Googled. And Sydney is the richest city in Australia. It's like one of, it's like, like top, I don't know, 12 or something in the world. Um, so imagine Jesus is coming to Sydney and everyone's like really excited. He's coming in, probably on a boat. That would be sick. And so he's coming in on a boat and he's like passing the Harbour Bridge and the Opera House and he pulls up. And, you know, we'd probably expect that he'd be going to hang out with like maybe like the Hillsong worship team um, to do, a, you know, a masterclass on like pure worship. Or he'd be doing, or he'd be meeting with, oh, that wasn't a dig. Oh dear, <laughs> that wasn't a dig. No, that wasn't a dig. Oh my goodness. No, no. Oh no. <laughs> he, we'll have to edit all of that out. I'm going to just say that bit again. No, no, yeah, thank you, thank you. He wouldn't be going to see like we'd expect maybe he'd meet with Phil Pringle, you know, he's the head of like all of the C3 churches around the world. Or or maybe he would go up to the Central Coast and visit like Mark and Darlene. Or maybe, maybe, maybe he was gonna meet with like this beautiful, like humble Catholic community that's been doing an incredible community outreach and they've been feeding like the homeless and they've been doing an amazing work in the prisons. So maybe he's gonna go meet with them. This is kind of what we'd imagine, right? But he walks into Sydney and he points out one of the richest men in Australia who is known for his pyramid schemes that have literally ruined thousands and thousands of Australians' lives. And Jesus says, old mate Aussie guy that I won't name, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to stay at your house today. How would you feel? Yeah, yeah. I realised that too. I was like, oh, yeah, I'd probably... So that's a bit of the context. And uh, that, that's relevant a little later, but he is a kind of, think, corrupt billionaire man, and he's short. So he wanted to see Jesus, but he could not because he was short. I wonder if it was just his shortness that made him run ahead and climb the tree, or if maybe there was some other reasons why he... It says he really wanted to see Jesus. And so he, he's like, oh, he wanted to see Jesus, but he couldn't. I wonder if he also wanted to run ahead and climb the tree maybe because he's quite unpopular. And so that's like a better vantage point 
to see Jesus from up in the tree. Like I can see him, I can watch it all happen, but I'm not going to have to interact with uh, the crowd where I'm quite unpopular. Or maybe he was feeling guilty. And so he wanted to see Jesus, but he thought maybe I'll, I'll see him up from the tree. So my first point tonight that I want to unpack a little is point one, what's blocking your view? What's blocking your view? Recently, we were overseas and we got to go to Rome and we wanted to take our friends to see the Trevi Fountain. And we'd, we'd seen it and we felt like we were like, kind of like the tour guides and we're like, our friends had just gotten in, they were jet lagged. It was like 11 p.m. at night and we're like, this is a good time to show them because it's not going to be very busy, right? It's like kind of late and we're going to walk there. And so I think it was about midnight when we got there and we're like, sick, everyone's like kind of dragged their feet and we're like, it's going to be good. It's not even, you're going to get the shot, you know, it's going to be sick. But when we get there, we like, and the streets were kind of dead in Rome. Like we did walk like a, like a couple, like a kilometre or something, maybe more. And, um, and I got blisters from the sandals that I was wearing. I did not wear the correct footwear. When in Europe, correct footwear. We got, we turned into the street that, Tre- that Trevi Fountain is on and there's just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. I'm like, oh my goodness, it's midnight. What are you all doing here? Do you ever sleep? And so we got the trashest photo. Um, do we have the photo at the back? There was going to be a photo. I was going to show you this, this really trash photo that no one's ever going to see on social media, but you get to see it because we've just got people everywhere. And then there's like probably like a hundred more people behind us on the steps looking at the beauty. Yeah. And none of them are here tonight. So I don't mind even showing you that photo if they're like, oh, that's a bad photo. Okay, great. Thank you. So our, our view is kind of locked by like, a group, like, you know, there's probably like couples. Oh, there was this influencer that was getting their boyfriend to um, take photos. The like up angle and she's got the hair blowing and she's trying the different things. So she's kind of blocking it. And then there was like a big group of people who had like all of their like the real hardcore tourists because they've got like the things and they've got the cameras that are attached to the things do you know those guys do you know what I'm saying anyway yeah but it's like attached to like kind of like a goggle not like a this anyway it's a thing made in Asia (sighs) so anyway Trey found people blocking the view maybe tonight you're like Zacchaeus, and there's something blocking your view, but instead of your view being blocked by people and irritating tourists at 12 a.m. in the morning, maybe you're, you're like Zacchaeus, and you're like, I want to see Jesus, I want to connect with Jesus, but actually, my view is being blocked by shame or disappointment or fear of what he's going to ask of me or pride or wrong ideas about God, deception, or guilt, or fear that life would be less fun on the other side of actually stepping into all that he has. But there's good news tonight, because Jesus is calling you down from the tree. My second point tonight is, whose voice do you hear? Verse 5 says, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. 
This would have been surreal, as we talked about, because also he knew his name off the bat, and Zacchaeus would have been like, whoa, he's calling my name. But the crowd was saying, all, these, all the people saw this, and they began to mutter, he has gone, Jesus has gone to be the guest of a sinner. And so at this point, Jesus, I guess, uh, Zacchaeus has this option of whose voice he's going to listen to. Is he going to listen to Jesus, who's calling his name? And saying, I want to come to your house today? Or is he going to listen to the murmur of the crowd around him? Who's all muttering. Like that would have been confronting to hear the whole crowd murmuring. Jesus is going to stay with that sinner. Imagine if that was you. When I was 12 years old, I... Um, and I probably still wrestle with this, but I really struggled with people-pleasing. Like, people-pleasing was crippling for me. Listening to the murmur of the crowd was, like, a real problem. To the point where I was 12 and I, I thought to myself, you know what, I'm going to, like, audition for the school musical. And I, and I, I mentioned to my friends, like, hey, I'm going to audition for the school musical, I think. And, um, and one of the girls I went to school with was like, um, you can't audition for the school musical because Lily is the singer. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, that's so true. And so I didn't audition for the school musical because I was a crippled peer pleaser. And honestly, that's part of why my parents homeschooled me after that. They were like, you got issues. <laughs> I'm going to make you homeschool. So anyway, that's a little, a little bit of my, my biography. Um, but anyway, maybe tonight... You also wrestle with some people-pleasing. And maybe tonight, the Lord's saying, whose voice are you hearing? Are you going to listen to Jesus who's calling you down from the tree and He's calling your name and He's actually calling you out of even... Because here's the thing, right? The crowd wasn't wrong. When the crowd's muttering that He was a sinner, was the crowd wrong? They're not wrong. But Jesus is calling Zacchaeus out of who he was and into his future. And so tonight I think he's saying to you, whose voice are you listening to? Are you going to listen to the muttering of people around you? Are you going to listen to the voices from your past? Or even maybe you're in a monologue that's keeping you bound in old patterns of thinking? Or are you going to hear him call your name tonight and release you into a different future, a, a future full of life that looks completely different to your old way of living? Isaiah 43, 1 says, But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. He calls your name tonight. If I could, I'd call, I'd say every single name in this place just to make my point. But I only know actually some of you, so it's really cool to see so many people I don't actually know. Welcome. We hope you're enjoying. But he calls you. He knows you by name. He knows every detail of your life. And he's calling your name. And he's saying, hey, come down from the tree. No matter what's been blocking your view, what's been clouding your view, I want to dine at your house tonight. Ben, can I get you to come? Come back up. 
The beautiful thing about Jesus is when he dines in a place, people change. They begin to change and transform. And it's a powerful thing. But I want to switch angles for a second because I've been looking at Zacchaeus. But I, I want to speak a little bit into the, the crowd situation. I want to tell you one more funny story before the keys gets too spiritual. So don't rush, Abby. I forgot that I had a funny story. My next, my third point tonight, if you're writing notes, is why are you judging? And when Dan and I were overseas, uh, we would stay in an apartment and Gian bought all of these groceries the night before we needed to check out. And so there was like all of this food and like a family-sized tub of pistachio ice cream that I don't think he even opened. Um, He just like, I think he just went to the, you know how you're not meant to grocery shop when you're hungry? He went grocery shopping when he was hungry. And so, so they've all like rushed off to like catch a flight and me and Dan are left lugging rubbish bag like we're cleaning up the apartment we're the last ones and so we like we're cleaning up and the fridge is like kind of full and we're like no waste people a value of the Rainer household is no waste so if there's food it must be eaten like we're really bad at throwing things out which causes issues sometimes but um like weight gain (laughs) but uh but anyway uh for me not Dan anyway so Dan takes this, opens up the fridge and proceeds to start polishing off this family-sized tub of pistachio ice cream. And so Dan's just there, eating away uh, with his spoon. And I, I was like clearing out, trying to work out like what's worth keeping and what's, what are we chucking? Because I hate throwing things out and throwing things out. But there was these two chocolate bickies, Milka. I don't know if anyone's had that brand. And I was like, oh, I'm going to take these and I'm going to put them in the car and have them later. And Dan's like, you're going to keep those two cookies? I was like, yeah. And he's like, you know sugar's bad for your immune system? With the tub in his hand. Unironically. This, he wasn't saying it ironically. And I just looked at him. And then he looked at me. And then he looked down. And then we laughed for like five. I think we like, we were, ke- you know when you just keeled over on the floor, like rolling around laughing because it was so funny. But it just reminded me of like a Bible verse where Jesus is like, why look at the chocolate bicky in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the tub of pistachio ice cream in your own hand? How can you say to your brother, let me take that chocolate bicky out of your hand when all the time there is a tub of pistachio ice cream in your own hand? You hypocrite. First take. The top of pistachio ice cream out of your hand, and then you will clearly be able to remove the chocolate bicky from your wife's hand. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, I really got a lot off my chest right there. In 1 Timothy, Paul is writing to one of the guys he's mentored and fathered and discipled, Timothy. And he says this in the letter, Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. Nicky Gumbel, who is the founder of the Alpha Course, writes about this passage. He says, I find it fascinating to see the progression in the way in which the Apostle Paul describes himself through his life. Much earlier in his life, 
to the Corinthian church in the Corinth, letter to the Corinthians, he described himself as the least of the apostles, who which was not even deserved to be called an apostle. And then later on, in a letter to the Ephesians, he says, I am less than the least of all of God's people. And now, at the very end of his life, this like Timothy is like right towards the end. He's writing to this, this disciple, this son in the faith, and he's saying, Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. It seems that the more he had grown in his relationship with the Lord, and the closer he had come to the light of Christ, the more he saw his own unworthiness. I think it is often true that as we go on in the Christian life, our conviction of sin increases and our appreciation of God's forgiveness, love and mercy grows. Maybe tonight you are not Zacchaeus in the tree. Maybe you're not struggling with shame and guilt and there isn't something blocking your way from Jesus. And maybe you're not struggling with the people pleasing and the murmuring and the muttering of the crowd affecting you. But maybe you are the crowd tonight and you've been looking at someone, someone like Zacchaeus, who, who is dead in their sin, but you unfortunately have gone down the tub of pistachio ice cream road, <laughs> the hypocritical road, rather than becoming like, you can laugh, it's funny and he's fine. <laughs> Just a joke. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> It's a strong word, hey, hypocrites. Like, whoa, well, we're good. We laughed about it. But I think as we grow in our maturity, our spiritual maturity, and we become more like Christ, I think we can take a leaf out of Paul's book and we should be so much more. The, the longer that we're walking with Jesus, the more we should become so much more grateful for His forgiveness, grateful for His mercy, kind in our dealings, kind in the way we view people. It doesn't mean we don't sometimes have an honest conversation and say, hey, Jesse, you're eating too many chocolate bickies. I'm not saying that like there's not places for sometimes like having a hard conversation, but is the posture of your heart loving and and is it remembering like like what Paul is saying here to Timothy this is a trustworthy saying Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst don't forget the wretchedness from which he saved you your own fallibility and think of yourself as high and mighty I know everyone's real quiet but this is important tonight this bit's probably the most relevant to me as I preach to you So tonight as we're closing, maybe tonight you are resonating with Zacchaeus. Maybe you feel like you're hiding up in the tree. I just want to finish with a story, and I'm going to get kind of honest, about a time recently where I got up in a tree, and I wrote about it in a song, so it's not completely unshared. Um, I wrote the song New Year's Resolutions. And it was actually out of a night where I was really letting out my, my frustration and my honesty before God. And I, I was feeling disappointed. I was feeling like disappointment was the thing that was clouding me from being able to see Jesus, right? Zacchaeus wants to see Jesus, but there's the crowd in the way. For me, it was disappointment. And anger, honestly, it was kind of like blind rage. And I had I had gone for a prayer walk, and it was more like honestly, like a prayer yell. 
And I, I just walked the streets of Kalanga, poor Kalanga. There was dogs barking and all of it. And I just was like crying my eyes out, letting the Lord know how I felt. And I'd done a few blocks and I'd gotten back to our street, but I wasn't like quite ready yet to go into the house. And, and I passed this frangipani tree that wasn't in someone's yard. It was like closer to the street. You know that like patch, there's the road and then there's people's fence, that middle bit was there. And I was like, I can climb this. So I climbed in to this random person's frangipani tree and I just cried and I just told the Lord my feelings. And kind of like Zacchaeus, I, I feel like Jesus met me there and He called me by name. And He spoke right into my circumstance. And He removed the disappointment and the anger that was clouding my view. And He spoke life. And He doesn't always answer the way we want or it doesn't always look like what we're going to look like. But he, there's an amazing uh, Ben Hastings songs, like it's called That's the Thing About Praise. And it says, it, um, and it, says it, it might just change your heart. Like you're talking about as we praise, like it won't always change your problems, but it might just change your heart. That's the thing about praise. And I felt like as I was in that tree and I was praying and meeting with God, I felt like, Kind of like Zacchaeus, he came in and he came into the room. He was like, Jess, I want to dine with you tonight. I want to dine with you tonight. Verse 10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. He seeks the lost. And he's been seeking the lost for a long time. 2,600 years ago, God spoke through the prophet Ezekiel and He said, I will seek the lost and I will bring back the strayed. I will bind up the injured and I will strengthen the weak. Jesus says to you tonight, I come to seek the lost, to bring back the strayed, to bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. Are you lost are you weak? Are you weary? Are you injured tonight? Because Jesus is calling your name tonight. He's looking up into the tree where maybe you're hiding, where maybe something's been clouding your view, where there's distance. And He's wanting to close the distance tonight. He's saying, I want to come and dine with you tonight. I want to know you. I want to talk to you. Through my love, I want to transform and change you, yes. But it's because I love you, because I care. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's message. Our hope is that you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If not, we'd like to invite you to begin your journey with Him today. When we read Scripture, we see that sin separates us from God, but that our relationship with God is restored by salvation through Jesus Christ. This happens because God gave Jesus His Son to die in our place, to deal with the sin problem, and He rose again so that we can have eternal life with Him. If we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, we can know salvation today. 
If you're ready to do that and turn from a life of sin, then pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Saviour. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time today, we would love to know and reach out to you and support you. So please contact us at hello at kingdomculturechurch.com.au.